listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Let's go to the phone to welcome in Trevor Scales. He is our uh, college football guy. Normally we have this big produced uh, intro that we have for him. You know, he is, of course, the pride of Harvard. He was a member of the Atlanta Falcons in the National Football League. And we lean on him during the season, as you regular listeners to the show know about his thirst for college football. And we're going to be brought him in, but we can't use that big produced piece because these guys are graduates. So they're not going back to school. Correct. They graduated school. school Oh, yeah. (laughs) No, they're getting their money now. And I'm so happy for them. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's right. Some of them are getting paid. Correct. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) We should clarify that. That is a very fair Some of them will not get paid. (laughs) Some of them we hope will get paid one day. (laughs) Trevor, how are you? Welcome back, my friend. It's been a while. Oh, man. Always a pleasure to be with you, Larry. I appreciate you having me. Uh, Just wrapped up another taping of the Sports Center on Snapchat show, so we're rolling right into the next piece of content. Happy to do so, too. Excellent. So give us the, the particulars on that again. Where can we see it? When is it on? On your Snapchat app every morning, 5 a.m. Eastern, myself, Gary Streisky, typically hold it down. Uh, Five-minute sports burst get you everything you need to know. Have a little comedy mix in there. Above all else, we just try to have fun with the material that we're presenting on a daily basis. Well, keep up the good work with that. Keep up the good work with that, Trevor. Uh, Locally, both teams go with offensive line help. Uh, Giants take uh, Andrew Thomas, the young man Mm -hmm. out of Georgia. And uh, Becky Becton, the offensive uh, lineman out of Louisville, offensive tackle out of Louisville, goes to the Jets. Break down both these guys for me. It's interesting because Andrew Thomas is one of the high floor guys, whereas Makai Becton is a guy that has a high ceiling, but we just don't know what we're what exactly we're going to get out of it. Makai Becton is one of those cats that just jumps out on tape for the sake that he brutalizes anybody that he matches up against. He's tossing cats out of their wide nine techniques off into the sideline, uh, just making super athletic plays, running down the field. He has a great set of athletic attributes for his size. Andrew Thomas, on the other hand, just really technically sound. A guy that benefited from the high level of coaching that he had uh, with the offensive line coach that was there that had since departed for the Arkansas Razorbacks. But these two guys are just an interesting dichotomy as to how the draft process works. Do you take a risk on a guy that you think that you can make into a pro bowler, uh, an all-pro guy, or do you take the guy that you are sure can walk into your organization make a uh, compete for a starting spot and really be a solid fill for whatever your need is. Uh, who do you think will be the better pro out of the two of them? I'd like to lean Andrew Thomas, and that is my Georgia bias aside, right? Like this dude is just really built to go from day one, and that's what I like about him. Uh, and that's what you need if you're the Giants, right? It is based upon as well, like the necessity that each of these organizations have. They, the Giants need somebody to step right in and get to protecting Daniel Jones and making sure we can open up some running lanes for the all-star athlete that is Saquon Barkley in the backfield. Andrew Thomas is that guy that will step in immediately, get his reps, get his, uh, his veteran stripes earlier on, and I see that career panning out better for him. Interesting. Uh, Denzel Mims was a guy, uh, Trevor, who dropped. And I'm not sure what you heard, but listen, the Jets were able to get him much lower when they, than they even thought they were going to be able to get him. They, they rolled the dice and they, and they were lucky. What can we expect from this young man on the Baylor? 
through that trade with Seattle, I think it was a great move for him. Like you said, he was available, a, ma- a massive athlete, 6'3", 207, right? Like he's the guy that really is the prototypical. If you were to go on Madden and create your own player, this is the type of cat that you would build out of that. I'm interested to see if he's going to be the deep threat that Robbie Anderson was for Sam Darnold, right? Like a guy that could just streak down the field and just make a big play whenever you need it. That's what the role that I imagine that they need him to fill. Um, but he does a great job in sort of making sure he's technically sound and stacking the DB when he gets out into those deep routes, making sure that he positions himself to go get that jump ball as easily as he possibly can. So he's got the technique. He fell for uh, the reasons that he did. And now it's just a matter of making sure that you can plug and play him. Trevor, what's his ability to run disciplined routes? Because there is a difference between running routes in college and running routes in the NFL. And his hand plate and his hand placement to get away from corners at the line of scrimmage. He's one of those cats that when he gets the ball in his hands, he's going to be able to make something happen. Now, whether or not he's in the right position when he gets the ball in his hands is a totally different story. That's something that he's going to have to work on. Because in the NFL, as you mentioned, you're going to have to read on the fly when it comes to running your routes. There is a different route that you will run depending on if that defenders in press coverage versus off the ball, and that's just pre-snap. Once they kind of get into their flow of what coverage they're playing in, in, in play, you're going to have to make another read. That's why I worry with a guy like Denzel Mims because mm-hmm. Baylor's offense is built to make this thing easy on you pre-snap. You know where you're going regardless of what plays out after the snap. He's going to have to learn that deal as he kind of gets into this role. Going back to the Giants, they took Xavier McKinney to safety out of Alabama, which is, uh, you know, they're like a pro team. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, so I'm sure he's, he, he's seen a lot. Uh, how, what is his adjustment going to be like? And, and can he be a free safety or is he a strong safety? Where do you think they'll use him in the NFL? Look, man, six foot two oh one. This dude's built to come down in that box and make a couple plays, make a couple tackles for you, and that's what he did for Alabama. He's a quick diagnoser. He gets his foot in the dirt, and he's going to break down and make sure he gets to whatever the read is. You mentioned that like the Alabama program is like a pro team. It's because the scheme that they run, especially defensively, is pro style. They put a lot on the guys right down the middle of that defense, the middle linebackers and the safeties that are having to make adjustments in play and pre-snap to make sure people are in the right place. Xavier McKinney was responsible for doing a lot of that. He's the best safety, most talented safety in this class, bar none. And he's going to be able to do a lot of different things for this uh, Giants defense. And speaking of safeties, Trevor, that's what the Jets took in the one of their uh, third-round picks with Aston Davis out of California. But he seems like he can play a bunch of different positions. From a, from a versatility standpoint, this seems to be a, a very good pick by Joe Douglas. Yeah, you know, he's six one two oh two, so similar build as the guy that we were just talking about in Xavier McKinney, an effective run stopper as well. Uh, he's a guy that will just fly around and make plays. He's a defensive playmaker. He's one of those cats that jumps off the tape. Contrast that with Xavier McKinney, and this, this is not to say that he's not able to, to flash on film, but he's just so good at his doing his job that he's not going to be the guy that jumps off through being out of position and making up ground or something to that order. That's more of the Ashton Davis uh, build. That's how he kind of made a name for himself. He may not always be in position, but the plays that he makes with his athletic ability kind of make him jump off the tape in a way that makes you want to take a chance on him so that you can coach him up, get him in the right place, and this dude will really shine at that point. Uh, for the Jets, Trevor, and we're talking to Trevor Scales as we go over the uh, draft picks for the Jets and Giants here on ESPN New York tonight. Jabari Juninga. 
uh, the kid out of Florida injuries. And this is a concern for me, Trevor. And, and I guess this is based on covering the Jets for years and watching guys like D Milliner who had injuries mm. in college. It just seems like for, for some players, injuries in college follow them to the NFL. And mm. I understand what the Jets are doing. When you see a young man like this, when he's healthy, he, he's, he's been productive. But Trevor, can't you expect him to be healthy? This is, this is a gamble. In, yeah. in in the third, you know, in the third round for a guy that, you know, you're rolling the dice here. It could be, it, it could pay off big dividends, but if it doesn't, yes. it's a big time bust on it, you. It, it depends on how you're able to kind of uh, adjust your expectations for him. If you can work him into a rotation, that's the beauty of defensive line. Uh, you can rotate guys in and out, limit the number of snaps so that you're mitigating the chances of him putting it, uh, being put in a position to be injured, right? Like, as long as you can sort of work his way in, work him into this grown man's game so that he can adjust accordingly and get the reps that he needs to while sort of mitigating the risk of injury, that's the way to go about it with this cat because he's really talented. Like you mentioned, it is a gamble, but like it can pay off for you exponentially. He's there to bolster that pass rush, and if you can kind of get him in on third down, say, hey, buddy, pin your ears back, get after the quarterback, and then you're going to come holler at me on this sideline after you get your rep. That's the way you can kind of ingratiate him into this defense and make him a productive player. Uh, Trevor, give me your thoughts on the top three picks in the draft, Burrow, Young, and uh, Akuda. It's it's exactly what should have happened, right? Like I think Burrow went to the exact same the exact situation he needed to. Chase Young comes back home. Scary thought that he thinks that he's still growing. By the way, I had to yeah, see him in person. He has no business growing anymore. I, I, I'm tired of being under six feet tall, and cats like him are still growing. Like, that's just not fair. But Jeff Okuda, a really talented corner. He outshined Jordan Arnett, who actually ended up getting taken by the Raiders later on, earlier than expected for most people. But this dude, Jeff Okuda, is the real deal. I remember specifically a game against Maryland in which he came downhill on a pass breakup uh, just White this dude. It was the cleanest hit. He got flagged for it. I thought it was clean as all get up. Uh, but this dude is a physical corner. Hips smooth as all outdoors and just technically so sound. No penalties. Like the guy just plays a really clean game as a defensive back and is just extremely talented. So all three of those guys, it feels like our home runs right out of the gate combined with, uh, and it's a co- combination between their situation that they're walking into and the skill set in which they walk, with which they walk in. Let's talk about two former Alabama quarterbacks. Let's talk about first. Let's start out with Tua heading to Miami, which is where most people wanted him to go, except for Gordon Damer, who's a Miami Dolphins fan who didn't want him. Uh, once again, we talk really? about injuries here. Yeah, he didn't want him. We talk really? about injuries. Yeah. <laughs> he was concerned about the injury situation with him, Trevor. And, and, and you know, once again, you know, you, you, you wonder. You do, but it's so unpredictable, right? Like you can't. You can't draft scared in the same sense because what the upside is for Tua Tagovailoa is it's astronomical. And I think I understand that when you look at it for face value, the number of times that he had to sit due to injury may cause concern. But if we really kind of get into it, the hip injury is the main concern that we would have. And yes, that is a massive injury, but every doctor that has come forth with information on their assessment of him just shows an unbelievable recovery on behalf Mm -hmm. of Tua, right? And then the ankle surgeries, 
that was actually next level stuff that in fact strengthened the ankle ligaments, things that kind of put him in a better position after he injured the ankle. So there are so many things that you want to throw question marks at, but if you really get into the nuts and bolts in it with of it and understand the situation from which he can, two is built to last at this point. And again, a lot of this stuff is just chance and his decision making has to be better in protecting himself. That's the other part of it. And Jalen Hurts ends up Backing up Carson Wentz. Uh, yeah. all, all right, Trevor, is he going to be a quarterback? Is he going to be a running back? Is he going to be are, – are, are we going back to uh, Slash with the Pittsburgh Steelers? What, what's going on here? I hope that – Or are we Taysom Hill in New Orleans? I, I need Jason Jalen Hurts to get his true uh, due as a quarterback. I, I think he's earned that, right? Going to two different programs and balling out the way that he has. Had Joe Burrow not had the record-breaking season that he had at LSU – Jalen Hurts was the easy Heisman candidate, and it would have been three years in a row that one of those cats would have been wearing an Oklahoma Sooner uniform. Jalen Hurts is special at the quarterback position. Yes, he has a God-given ability to run, and he's built like a brick house. But this dude can really manage an offense. He makes things go. He did so with two different programs, two high-level programs. And I think he's there because Carson Wentz hasn't finished a full season since his rookie year. And I understand, again, the injury bug isn't something to, to, to play up too much, but you have to be cognizant of it, and, and that's what the Eagles appear to be doing. I don't know that I think it was absolutely necessary, but I kind of get their logic in the selection. It's not going to be a bad thing to have a guy like Jalen Hurts on your bench. That's for sure. Last one, Trevor. Uh, this kid, Perrine, out of Florida, running yes. back, that the Jets yes. took in the fourth round. Give me your thoughts on him, and what's the biggest adjustment for running back from college to pro? Yeah, you, you remember. Take, take yourself back. Oh, yeah. Well, Michael Piron is a really great example of a one-cut runner. Built like a bowling ball guy that once he gets his momentum going, not too many people are going to opt in to kind of just standing in front of it and taking that work when he, gets, when he lowers his shoulder. So he's a guy that's going to be able to be more of a first and second down back. We worry about his pass pro concerns. That, that's mm. where I have questions about LaMichael Piron specifically. But he's shown a real big playability, especially in that Florida offense. The guy took a, a run for like 84 yards, I remember, in a game, uh, in an SEC game. And that's obviously built for speed. So this cat has a lot of good, great athletic abilities. I just worry about within pass pro, schematically, are you going to be able to coach him up to be a three down back? Or is he only going to be a guy that makes it in this league? one and two downs at a time. When it comes to transitioning, you want to be able to be on that field as for as many downs as you can, but also get drafted into the right situation so that you can make your career as long as you can. Because we all know that running backs don't really make it past that four-year mark when it comes to their prime. Their prime is usually on their rookie contract, and then you're paying for past performance in that second contract. So if you can make some hay early on or just mitigate the tread on the tires – he can go two ways with this career. How's his hands for catching? He did just fine, but I, I, I reserved the right to adjust that assessment because I didn't really know what was going on at quarterback. With the game. That's <laughs> okay. the other part. So, like, <laughs> what little we saw from him, he was fine. I just had a lot more questions about what was going on under sentiment. Trevor, we'll, we'll, we'll get you back uh, when we figure out what's really happening with the NFL with this uh, – 
COVID-19 yes. pandemic and everything, because this is really going to be a big adjustment for these rookies this year. You're not going to have the OTAs. You're not going to, you know, you're going to get that playbook and you're going to, you know, it's going to be a short term quickness. So we want to get your thoughts of, with that and some of the adjustments these guys are going to make. And do we have to kind of grade them on the curve when they start? But uh, Absolutely. as always, we thank you for your analysis and we posted your picks, your, your predictions on, on the Twitter. You did pretty good, young man. Not bad, not bad. A little help from Mel Todd, you know, the wife. But, you know, I like to think I'm a little bit of an independent figure as well now. You did good, kid. Thank you. I appreciate it and appreciate y'all having me on. As always, y'all be safe. Enjoy yourselves and uh, best of luck to everybody around now. All right. Thanks, Trevor. We'll talk soon. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. 